State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of State Champs Extra Point. Extra Point is presented by Lawrence Technological University. I want to promote what's happening at LTU coming up on November 14th. They have a virtual open house. You can check it out by going to upcoming.ltu.edu. They have a lot of interesting virtual opportunities like Ask the Coach and all kinds of things. Play football here at Lawrence to Tech. You can uh, recruit yourself just by going to ltuathletics.com. We're also brought to you by Hungry Howie's. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Howie's having their annual pink boxes for a reason. Go get some delicious pizza. Help make a difference in the fight against breast cancer. The MHSAA, also a proud sponsor. They need officials. Great money. Make a difference. We need good officials. The kids need you. More info on that later in the show. I've got Matt Mowry with me. I've got Scott Bernstein with me. We are talking Michigan high school football. Yep. One more week, and then we're into this uh, new playoff format where everyone gets in, and it it should be an exciting uh, race to the finish. Scott released his recent quarterback power rankings. We'll talk about it. Matt's state rankings are updated, and uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later. Uh, both uh, Muskegon schools at the top of their respective divisions. So, Matt, will give you the 411. Uh-huh. You can find it all on State Champs Michigan's website, statechampsnetwork.com. Also, it's looking more and more like the football finals will not be at Ford Field. I'll tell you why. But first, here are the games that you can watch highlights right now on the State Champs Network. I'm going to read them all, gentlemen, and then you guys can comment on uh, what you felt was uh, particularly newsworthy. Clintondale was at Warren Fitzgerald. I'm sorry there, Chuck, but uh, Clintondale gave it a, a, a good effort uh, but fell 50-34. to 34. Dragons are slayed. Yes. Uh, Brother Rice beat Lapeer. 42 to 7. We had a good game between Livonia Stevenson and Livonia Churchill. Stevenson fell to Churchill in that one 24 to 20, so Churchill getting revenge from a year ago. Kalamazoo United and Constantine got together. Constantine big winners 43-28. Midland all over Flint Carmen Ainsworth 44 to 6. Muskegon needed some late game heroics to win their game over Zealand West. They win 15 to 14. Schoolcraft over Lawton 45 to 14. Kingsley beat Sault Ste. Marie 40-6. Traverse City West at Cadillac, and it was TC West winning 45-27. Sutton's Bay at Misik, and and it was a shutout 33-0. Petoskey beat Alpena 14-7 in a low-scoring affair. It was All Gray Sims and Atlanta getting together, and it was Hotlanta winning 44-42 in a shootout there. Cast Tech and King played for the PSL Championship. All Cast Tech in that one. I'll talk about it later. The LaShawn Mumpfield show. Yes. A star is born. Yes. 
Yes. Well, he was born in the first week, and then he's been continuing to blossom, and it's a it's a pretty cool thing to watch. Yeah, just a 15-year-old kid, too. Yep. 15. 41 and 19, the final on that one. And Country Day beat Papa. They went to Papa and won 37 to 17. So, gentlemen, that's what we've got all over the State Champs Network. Anything uh, that pops out to you? Well, I-, I love what I'm seeing from Brother Ice this year. I mean, they have the one loss to Catholic Central, which, you know, frankly could have gone either way. Uh, Lauren and I were at that game. They were headed uh, for what looked to be a game-winning drive, and then there was a miscommunication between the quarterback, Jake Coulter, in the center, and the ball flew over his head, and the game was over with. But, you know, could easily be 5-0 and right now. They're playing uh, great football, fundamentally sound football, uh, making big plays w- when they count. Uh, Jake Coulter uh, is, you know, is establishing himself as as a as a, a true uh, game changer as a quarterback. Um, and Rocco Millie, let's shout out Rocco, uh, one of the best two way players in the state, just committed to Columbia. Ivy League's getting a steal. I don't know really where the uh, Division One programs, whether they be Big Ten or Mac schools, were uh, were with this kid. I have no idea why they were ignoring him in in, in their backyard. I know he had a preferred walk-on uh, spot from Michigan, but this is a kid that should have had the entire Mac in on him. Um, but, uh, you know, they have some underclassmen that are really starting to shine. Xavier Bowman, uh, a freshman a wide receiver cornerback, is a is a star in the making. Nolan Ray has been their running back who's been really breaking out. He's a sophomore. He's been breaking out these last couple weeks, giving them an added dimension uh, to that offense where it's not just, uh, you know, Colford. It's not just Coulter in, like, uh, Stafford mode. Not so much Stafford mode the last year or two, but Stafford mode, let's say, from 2015 or 16 where we had no running game in the Lions and it was just Stafford throwing the ball 50, 50 times a game. I think the, the, the first handful of games, Coulter was, was throwing the ball a lot and they weren't really um, showing much of a rushing attack. But, uh, you know, just another Coach K special. And uh, unlike maybe the last three or four teams uh, that Coach K had at Rice that, you know, meant to the playoffs – and uh, were, you know, threats to win a district. I really think that this Brother Rice team is a threat to, to make a real run. And I would have not said that three weeks ago. I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I'm really, really impressed by what I've seen from Brother Rice this year. What say you there, Matt Mowry? Well, obviously, the the big one at, at Hackley with uh, Zealand West and and yeah. Muskegon getting together. I, I think when you go back a couple of weeks, I think that was what was maybe most impressive with the fact that Mona Shores went into Hackley and beat Muskegon there because that's some place that it's really really hard to win. And for the fact that Zealand West was up for the majority of that game and it came down to the last what minute twenty nine before yeah. Miles Walton. On what was supposed to be, from what I've read, was supposed to just kind of be a safety punt return, you know, where you get a couple yards, you you kneel it down so you can get the offense back on the field. And I may be wrong in this, but I think I read someplace that he's not even the primary returner, so he just kind of ran out there late, and then you get a ninety a school record school ninety five yard return, yeah, to. Uh, to seal a win at home. It's just like, it's one of those places where it's a house of horrors for other teams to come in and try to beat, you know, even, even if you think you've got a hammer lock on the game. So it, that's, and that's a great Zealand West team. I think they're still going to be heard of, heard from, I think they have this week, Mona Shores. Mona Shores has got to go to New Zealand. So that'll be an interesting uh, 
finale for the regular season. Yeah. There's real balance. They they reshuffled the the OK conference to kind of realign it, and there's some real balance in some of those divisions because that – that division with with Zealand, the two Zealand teams, Mona Shores and Muskegon, is powerful. The red is powerful, and it's just I, I like how it's kind of sorted itself out. I want to mention also Country Day. Uh, this is a team that just has really shown a lot of intestinal fortitude this year. They're I think they're officially three and one, but one of those the one loss is a forfeit loss where they had to bow out because of COVID. They had to bow out of the first game of the season because of COVID too. Um, they've had to overcome, you know, the the pandemic issues, but then they also have had to overcome um, arguably their best player not playing this season, Saborn Campbell, the Stanford baseball commit, who all of a sudden started to get Big Ten football interest this past summer, got a Michigan State offer, wide receiver, safety um, just a, a major playmaker on both sides of the ball for that uh, team last year that went to the state finals. He opted not to play. Um, I think he was he was playing when the season when practice started in August, and then we had the three week delay between when the season got uh, postponed to when it got reignited. And in those three weeks, he he backtracked and decided not to play and just focus on baseball. But they lose Saborn. They've been dealing with the COVID issues where they they haven't had a full lineup, and they're playing great football, and they're focused, and they've got playmakers that are kind of coming out of the woodwork. Uh, I know Graham Doman, Grant Doman, um, a sophomore running back who looks really good. You got uh, you know Caleb Tiernan and uh, uh, Will Leggin on the line. Tiernan's going to Northwestern. Anvil Award candidate. Yep. Uh, Brandon Mann is a junior quarterback that uh, I expect to really see an uptick in his recruiting uh, come this offseason because he's 6'3", 6'4", big arm, can run, uh, really you know, uh, high football IQ running that offense. And, and uh, Dan McClain's got these guys really dialed in, and they went to Pawpaw. Pawpaw was, a, uh, was 4-0, and they didn't just win. They, they won uh, decidedly and uh, you know, really like what I've seen from Country Day. Absolutely. Another team uh, that I'll oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say that that's a point that needs to be made too, because I know somebody questioned us about that on the rankings already. I do list Country Day as three and one because they have technically that forfeit loss, but that's not something that I've been holding against teams when I'm doing the rankings all season long. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you lost on the field, and and I think that's something that's going to cloud up a little bit when when we start talking about playoff points. Is you've got all these teams with forfeit losses that aren't really three and two teams. They're maybe four and one teams or at least, you know, three and one teams. And so it's it's made that that, that turn a little harder. It, yeah, Country Day is by all intents and purposes is undefeated. I mean, yeah, technically the record is three and one, but in some ways those are kind of silly to, to kind of include those, you know, and, and unfortunately that's the way the formula works that those get thrown in anyway. So I just figured I'd, uh, that was a good time to pop that in there because I know we already got that question. Can we comment on Stony Creek as well? Go ahead. So I saw Stony Creek for the second time this year. They played in an OAA crossover on Friday against Southlake A&T. A&T is an a OAA red team, a team with you know a dozen Division One recruits on it. Um, if you look at it on paper, Stony Creek has no business playing on the same field as A&T. And Stony Creek pounded A&T and uh, just dissected them with discipline 
and a deliberate pace and fundamentals. Uh, it, it wasn't even close. And Southwood A&T got so frustrated by, by what uh, Stony Creek was doing. And this, to me, I mean, I already knew Stony Creek was for real. But this really put a stamp on it. And let me tell you, if you're in the Mac Red right now, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because Stony Creek's coming to you know your neck of the woods for the districts. And, you know, again, on paper, Stony Creek, Dakota, Stony Creek, uh, Chippewa Valley, it, it should be decidedly in the favor of the Mac Red teams. But I, I'm telling you, this Stony Creek team is just a, a sum of all these parts. They have no college recruits on the team, just kids that, that play for a love of the game, kids that uh, are, you know, as amped up and as um, – you know the the cohesion yeah. and the coaching. You got Gary Griffin. Uh, you got Griff uh, coaching the defense. The old, the, you know, the legendary Troy coach. Uh, you got a, a two headed monster in the in the backfield. Cam uh, Boom Boom Burford, who had another great game, 180 yards rushing. You know, you got a sophomore Johnny Fogler, uh, who's kind of the the thunder to Burford's lightning. He ran for 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ryan Eckout is a is a great game manager of a quarterback. If you're asking to thread a needle, he can do it. Defense is is playing inspired. Offensive line is a juggernaut. Uh, and they're not just beating teams; they are steamrolling right. teams. They're going to most likely win the OA White outright next week against Groves. And you know, again, just like I was saying for Brother Rice, not a team that I uh, expected to to think that they could have a run in them in the playoffs. I would not be shocked to see Stony Creek make it to the regionals or beyond. Um, this is just a really, really fun story to cover. Uh, because you know, again, this is a team that on paper really shouldn't be that special, and it, and it's a very special team. Yeah. And on the other side of it, I just want to. Th- I I don't like calling kids out, and I'm not going to call specific kids out, but I, I want to say something to the Southwood ANTs and the Oak Parks of the world, because that those two teams right now are a combined one and eight. And between those two teams, you literally probably have 30 kids that are going to play Division I football. Offers mean nothing. This offer culture that we're in right now, uh, and, I, and I particularly look at A&T and, and Oak Park as victims of this offer culture, where, uh, it, to me, my impression that, you know, the amount of scholarship offers that these kids get and, and blasting it out on social media and and you know, flexing and puffing out your chest about the fact that this school wants me and that school wants me. It's to say it's not translating to to on the field is a vast understatement. And you know, play with some heart. I don't care if you're going to Michigan. I don't care if you're going to Notre Dame. I don't care if if Alabama and Kentucky are coming after you or Alabama and Georgia. If you go on the field and don't give it 110%. And, and, and some of these teams, it doesn't even look like they're giving it 10%. It, it's just, it's very disconcerting from someone that loves the game and someone that, you know, as you know, I, I'm, I'm a recruiting guy. I report on recruiting and, and you know, offers are, are great and, and, it, and it means something to some degree with where you're going to be in three or four years from now. But to just not... It just looks like they don't want to compete at the high school level, and they're okay with losing a game to an inferior team because they can go home at night and be like, well, I got 25 offers. 
And I just don't know what that means at this point. Yeah, I just have to say this. Scott Bernstein's opinions are those yeah. of himself and not necessarily and I of love, the state transport. And I no. love Greg Carter, <laughs> and I love Tim Conley. Uh, and, I, and frankly, I'm gonna, I don't know. I don't think a lot of this problem has to do with coaching. Right. So I don't think this really falls so much on Carter and Conley. Right. And Conley, you know, I know he, he takes some uh, flack for his team's quote-unquote underachieving, but, you know, Tim has taken a or I should say not A&T, but has taken Southfield, the precursor to A&T, to two Final Fours. Yep. So it's not like, you know, Greg Carter's got multiple state championships. Yep. So I, I just, I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a embodiment or a microcosm of the culture. Got it. And the social media offer culture that's existed, and it's and it's been like it's like a snowball that just keeps on getting bigger, yeah. bigger, and bigger yeah. to the point where it's like the high school games and the high school seasons mean nothing. All right. Well, let's move to a team who has a lot of kids with a lot of otter offers and is playing incredible football right now, and that is Detroit Cast Tech. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to see him twice now, both against King this season, uh, and uh, was out there filming the game on Saturday. And from the jump, this was the technician's ball game. And uh, to look at the way that uh, they are getting after it on defense – and uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, they have a great uh, way of mixing it up. You know, whether, you know, they, they begin with the run. And Kobe King is leading that charge. Uh, and, and they have others who are contributing to, to that. But that sets up the pass so well. And as you said earlier, LeSean Mumfield's really coming into his own now as uh, a facilitator and uh, a kid who understands that most of the time you've got such great athletes, just throw the ball and let them make plays. Yep. And that's what he did uh, to a, um, a great degree on Saturday. And, uh, again, everything clicking on all cylinders. And um, Wilcher's really got that team uh, playing well. And uh, those kids are responding and, uh, you know, Jameel Gardner uh, had a, you know, kind of a good breakout game for him. A couple of touchdowns made an incredible, incredible catch uh, over the top. Uh, and not that King played poorly, uh, but they were beaten on Saturday. They will admit it, uh, especially in the first half. And when you're down like that in the first half and by so many points, uh, it's hard to climb back into any game, let alone a team that I believe is going to contend for a state championship. Yep. And Mumfield's just gaining confidence uh, every game. He's, uh, you know, he's checking all the boxes. And he's making all the throws. And, you know, in terms of recruiting, he's a little short. Um, oh, yeah. But, but he's young. But he's, he's, but, again, he's 15 years yeah. old. Granted, a sophomore. But he, sl he slings it, man. Yeah. He puts Slings. the ball right on the money. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he he's caught... And being a lefty, he's kind of awkward. You know, it's yeah. hard for defenses to kind of read sometimes where the trajectory is going. But when I when I've seen him, you know, it's like he really has a great feel for the pocket. He knows when he needs to uh, get out of the pocket. Yeah. He knows when he needs to stay in and take the hit. When he's feeling rushed. the ball, yeah. um, and that's something that you can't teach. Yeah. And frankly, seeing what he's been doing this year, he was kind of in a in a battle in the off season. I'm not sure exactly who he was battling against, but I know that I wasn't told that he had the job outright until like the week before the season. I bet there's competition at every position yeah. on that team. That's how deep they are. 
and but, how many guys who aren't even getting he's to been the a, game. Today. He's been a revelation yeah. and just uh, so fun to watch develop and blossom. And uh, we got another three or another two and a half years yeah. of this, and he's kind of. Uh, uh, outshining his his counterpart on on uh, King, you know the highly touted Dante DJ Moore, who's yeah. great. I mean, yeah. I love Dante DJ Moore, but yeah. in the two head to head matchups, yeah. Mumfield has has played better and, and has got taken his team to victory. Yeah, there's no but doubt. I mean, from- Matt, Matt, I see this team again um, in Division One, and I know we've talked like Stony Creek, and we you know we we've talked a lot of other good teams that are going to make runs. Um, but man, I I really uh, see few teams playing with him if they can continue to play at this level. Well, and he's been really. The, I mean, you hate to peg it on one position, but he's been the difference between this year and last. Last year yeah. they had a good defense. Last year they had a massive line. Last year they had kids that could run the ball. The part that they haven't had over the last two three years, and this is nothing against the guys that were in that position because they were good athletes. Yep. They just weren't like Scott said. They didn't have that feel for being a quarterback and for getting the ball spread around. And it really, I mean, that's the that was kind of the thing that they went, blink, yeah. and they placed it and got the last piece that they needed to kind of make all of the rest of that stuff flow together. There's a lot of it factor with him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, again, we're going to be talking about, you know, recruiting as opposed to what's going on in the field. Like, uh, right. okay, maybe not like DJ Moore. He doesn't have Michigan and Maryland offering him in eighth and ninth grade, but he passes the eye test with flying colors and he's doing everything you would want a quarterback of a team playing at that level uh, and being the engine of of that, uh, of that, you know, motor city muscle car that is cast tech, just cruising down Woodward on a, on a, uh, on a Friday night in the summer. That's right. Teal green. Yeah. I mean, they just, they're uh, a little, little darker. They're playing with a lot of swagger and it's kind of interesting to think of them. Like you just said, you you said you, you see them making a run. Last year, they made it. Didn't they make a run? I want to say they made a run to the, uh, with the final. The year that they, that people and they were an underdog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The year that people did not expect them to beat Fortune, they beat Fortune. Right. Right. So it's right. just funny that, like, although they had all this talent, and King people, handled them last year. People were kind of more talking about King going into the season than yeah. they were. Oh cats. yeah, oh yeah. Uh, there's no question. And we stay. We still may be talking yeah. about King as we move later in this season. They've still got tons of the catch that uh, Chansey Willis Jr. made uh, for the touchdown was uh, just phenomenal. You got to check and he's out. Like, and Chansey, by the way, is a, a great yeah. basketball player. Great basketball player, absolutely. And he he went up and got this one, and uh, it was pretty dope. It was a great ball by Dante. Uh, check out the highlights; they're really worth watching. You get to see some uh, some some guys playing at the highest level right now here in the state of Michigan. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. I talked about the fact we need officials. The MHSA is recruiting them now. It's good money, and uh, it's a great opportunity to kind of serve the community. We need some really good ones out there. Check this out. The love of the game draws us to sports as players, coaches, spectators, and officials. For officials, it's a way to stay in the game they once played, to feel the thrill of putting on the uniform, stepping out of the playing surface, hustling to make the call, and building the relationships which can only be built in sports. If you still have that love for the game, we always need new officials. Register now at MHSAA.com. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Okay, we're back. We're going to get to some news items that we got. You just kind of uh, alluded to your quarterback power rankings as Mumfield is one of those. Uh, You can read Scott's blog right now at statechampsnetwork.com. Talk a little bit about uh, your latest power rankings uh, just for a minute if you can. Yeah, yeah. So I I did a uh, top 10 uh, quarterback heat index for in October 2020. (laughs) I just want everyone to understand that these are fluid. 
Yes. Just because I'm saying this of is course. the power rankings for This October. is the week of October 19th, right. you know, really. A kid that's at five in October could be at three in yeah. November, and yeah. a kid that's at two in October could be at you know nine in November. Got it. Yep. Uh, so let me just pull them up real quick. Okay. Uh I, you know, we, we've got a good quarterback class right now uh, in the state of Michigan. We've got, uh, you know, kids that are are being recruited. We've got kids that are uh, great high school quarterbacks that are, that are, you know, doing what they can do at a high school level that might not necessarily be big-time college recruits. But, you know, in terms of a heat index, it's what's going on right now in the MHSAA in October uh, with, uh, you know, the wind at these guys' backs, and we've got some great quarterback play across the state. Um, whether you're talking about, you know, my number one is Brendan Sullivan, defending state champ, going to Northwestern. His team's undefeated, you know. And we were talking about, you know, I, I was just, I was just talking about, you know, whether or not uh, you're a highly recruited athlete or just a great high school quarterback. You know, the notorious CDR, I got at number two. He doesn't have any Division One offers. I don't think he has any Division Two offers. offers. Um, and, and by far, he's at number two. And, yeah. you know, you could Christian argue that Dureed he's at number one. We're talking about. Yeah, Christian, Christian Dureed. Dureed. Yep, yep. I mean, this and kid is a stat machine, yeah, yeah. and you're going to be able to put his stats up at the end of his career with any quarterback that's ever played yeah. in the state of Michigan. I'm ready for Belleville versus Castec. Yeah. I'm ready for that game right I got, now. I got Ty Holtz, another kid that's kind of come out of nowhere at number three. Uh, Dante Moore at number four. Brady Rose, a kid that, you know, stepped into the quarterback spot last year. Um in the playoffs and, you know, is more of an athlete. And there was even question about whether or not he was going to play quarterback this year. And if he wasn't just going to go back to receiver, he's playing quarterback and playing really well. Uh, Zach Trainer, who, you know, some could have argued last year that he was the number one quarterback in the state. I got him at number six. Um, and then, you know, Declan Bile, great year at Catholic Central. He's got them playing at a great clip. Uh, Joey Silveri, who I call Joey Football, uh, defending champion at Division Four, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Mumfield at number nine. If I would have made this list after uh, Saturday, Mumfield might have been higher uh, up the up the chain. And then uh, at number ten, Brady Hesbrook from Ithaca just committed to Wayne State. He could be higher. And then I, I got Jake Coulter in there at number at ten, who I, we've talked about pretty extensively on, on a couple of these broadcasts about how well he's playing under center. So uh, go check it out. I do these kind of rankings and heat end in heat indexes on a pretty regular basis yeah. on my blog and it's just you know it's fun it's conversational and uh you know everyone's got an opinion and I hope that uh I, I strike a chord with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we saw Humphreys. I thought at first, I didn't see because we had all this, the Twitter handles, and his is kind of unusual, so I, I didn't see that he was in there. And he was saying, stay humble, and I think he's saying because he's ranked in the top ten right now. Yeah. Just reminding himself, stay humble. Yeah. You know, that uh, this this stuff's coming, but, uh, you know, i still got a lot of work to do, and that's good. And all, what is also uh, gets people riled up and, and caught, our state rankings, and those are up on our website, and that gets everybody fired up. Uh, Matt, just in like a minute or so, who's making some waves this week? I saw that you've got Mona Shores and Muskegon, respectively, at the top of D2 and D3, and Davison still at number one in Division One. Yeah, Davison still at number one, just because it's kind of one of those things, there hasn't been any reason to move them out. Yes, Belleville's playing incredibly well. Yes, Clarkston and Castec are playing incredibly well. You could make a case for any of those at the top, and West Bloomfield, obviously, you know, down below that in the Mac Red teams, um, but all have some one loss at least. Yeah, Mona Shores, 
you could argue that if they were in D1, they would be up there too, just based on the season that they've had. And yeah, Muskegon is still at number one in D3. I thought for most of the game, as we already talked last week, that they were going to drop down some. But you just you look at the top 10 in, in D3, that's a stacked division with Muskegon and River Rouge and King and DeWitt and Brother Rice and Chelsea and Zealand West. Any of those teams could take a state title home. I think the gap is a little, you know, there's, there's a, a boatload of contenders in D1, there's a boatload in D3, and then in the middle in D2, it's a little more slim and it seems like a little more uh, delineated on, on who's, you know, who's, who's really going to be a contender. I think you've got Mona Shores and East Lansing there. And then as you go down, some of the other ones, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, when, you know, the first AP rankings came out, and I don't even think they were ranked, and I certainly know they weren't number one. I don't know what people were voting for. They they have to be number one, and they've been in my top 25 all season long. And then Montague had to pull one out in, I believe, double overtime. Yeah. Uh, they're at number one in D6. Puama Westphalia just keeps rolling. D8's the one that, that that's kind of a that, – that could be a crapshoot once you get down to it, although reading is still playing pretty well. Their one and only loss, I believe, was to a D6 team. So it, it's – I, I do it both in, in the top 25 format that we've always done and then kind of break out the division by division just because that helps to kind of delineate, you know, who, who's doing what. And, and it gives a chance for some of those, you know, teams. Obviously, I'm probably not going to have a whole lot of D4 or D5 teams in the top 25, but that gives them a chance to be ranked, you know, too. But it's there are some there are some big clashes on the horizon this week coming up. All right, fantastic. And so check out his rankings right now at statechampsnetwork.com. And as Scott alluded to, these are fluid. They could very well be changing this weekend because of some of the matchups coming up, not just this weekend, uh, but moving forward. So, um, and uh, well, I guess we've got one more week. So you'll do one more week on rankings. Will you do, obviously, that'll be it, right? You'll have your final rankings after next week. Okay, yeah. so there you go. Yep. So, uh, but again, things can change, and uh, we shall see how that goes. It's always great. Okay, we got three things I want to get to here before we close out uh, today's show. Obviously, we're going to do just a little bit on Mr. Football and the Amble Award. Uh, but this story I want to get to here and get your guys' opinions uh, quickly before we go. Michigan High School Football Coaches Association Executive Director Scott Farley had sent an email uh, this week saying that it's possible semifinal and football final games could be hosted by high schools, including separate sites for each of the eight 11-man and two eight-man state championship games, which if you work for state champs, that is a nightmare. And we do not want to see that happen. Uh, but again, we understand because of the pandemic, I mean, we just had the Prep Bowl canceled from Ford Field and having it being played at Catholic Central this weekend uh, because the rules indoors are 500 people. It costs $30,000 or something like that to rent Ford Field. If they're going to try and do, and but they can get 1,000 people outside at Catholic Central, so obviously monetarily that makes sense. For the football finals, it may be the same way if the same rules are still in place come Thanksgiving, and I believe there is nothing that indicates they are not going to be. It's not like the governor is say, okay, we can now have 2,000 people inside. I just don't see that happening. So uh, this could be a very real possibility. And that kind of makes everything changed because different December, type, 4th, different environment. December 4th can be brutal. You're not going to be in the friendly confines of, the, no. of Ford Field. You'll be out in the dealing with the elements. Go ahead, Matt. 
Yeah, and as as Scott Farley said in his in his his letter that he sent out, one of the key things to note in there too was that he mentioned the fact that a lot of places that would normally be neutral sites, like you know, uh, uh, kind of one of those sites that's halfway in between places that has a big stadium. Yeah, Troy Athens be, is usually yeah, one or Howell usually hosts yeah, one. Howell yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Parker Middle School. And it's right, and, and those are those places aren't going to necessarily want to bring in two fan bases from elsewhere to you know so you're going to see fewer and fewer of those kind of places step forward to host so you're going to have these be not just neutral sites you're going to have them be home games for somebody which i guess in that respect you know we were talking earlier a little bit about the seating and why that might be important down the road but you're right this is this is almost entirely a monetarily a monetary thing Ford Field is available. It's just whether or not they're going to be able to offset enough of that cost with normally what they do from the gate and whether or not that's going to be feasible from a MHSA perspective. And they even mentioned, uh, Mark Yule, I know, in one of his radio spots in the last couple of weeks, mentioned that they would prefer it if it was at Ford Field just from a broadcast standpoint because then Fox Sports Detroit could just walk in and plug in like they normally do for, for everything else. And everything is right there and all set up. It's so much easier from that aspect as well, it's going to be it's going to be a mess for all of us trying to get that covered if it does end up at various sites. I could see State Champ Sports Network actually live streaming one of the state football finals this year, and uh, you know what? That wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. I think we could we could pull that off. But of course, we would certainly do whatever it needs so that everybody can enjoy the football finals. Uh, regardless, it will get worked out. It is just such an unbelievable year. Um, you know, the MHSAA at the end of September made an adjustment to the four game rule, allowing teams to submit waivers if they could not play at least four games required to get into the playoffs. Uh, they said they gave waivers to three teams. They didn't say who those teams are. Uh, and if there's any teams intending to opt out of the playoffs for any reason, they have to tell the MHSA in writing by noon this Friday. So um, we'll kind of know more uh, soon. But again, this is just kind of going to be a week-to-week thing. It's going to be a real interesting playoffs, uh, how it's all going to work out. And with the madness that we saw uh, with with some of the, the things that went on last week with teams you know deciding not to play and trying to it's going to be really bizarre once we get in the playoffs it's going to be an interesting interesting there might and i shouldn't say might be there will be some moral and ethical quandaries probably a lot of those going on behind the scenes and we won't know about them but uh you know from what i understand if you pull out you're done you're not you're not gonna be able to reschedule your game right there's a COVID issue no sorry you're you're done for the year i I mean you know you just got to move on. We got to end this yeah. thing. So, all right, uh, quickly, Mr. Football and the Amel Award presented by Hungry Howie's. Once again, go get yourself a pizza and support Hungry Howie's. They're big supporters of high school sports. All right, as far as the Amel contest goes, guys, I, I don't see uh, any real movement uh, happening anytime soon in there. Uh, we got Thompson in there now, and, uh, you know, he's doing great. And, uh, you know, I was watching uh, Raheem Anderson on Saturday. He looks good out there, really uh, controlling the line of scrimmage. And, and all these guys, obviously, we, we talked about the, the Clarkston duo and what they've done this season. So on the Mr. Football side, so we talked about Caden Woodall. He had another incredible game, including an 89-yarder from scrimmage, even though they lost to Churchill. Uh, he Harvard, had, Harvard's getting a real hidden yeah, gem. Yeah, he had a 60, I think it was a 52-yard run and that run. And, uh, and so he is somebody that we are going to have to seriously consider putting in uh, as soon as we can. And Ty Holtz. Yeah. 
Ty Holtz, yes. There's another one. And then there's also, I'll tell you, um, you know, because Cass is playing so well, when you watch Kobe King, yeah, and when you see what he does on both sides of the ball, but uh just running, he got the first touchdown. He was the workhorse in that game, the unsung hero, yeah. carrying the ball, getting needed yards when they needed to, carrying defenders yards after uh the play should have been called. Um, he is a man child. And those he, two brothers he's are, another guy. Are, are just forces of nature on yeah. the football field. And, yeah. Um, I, you know, this kind of uh, is, I guess, is a slight against my evaluation skills. But uh, I, I wasn't super impressed by them when I saw them as sophomores. Right. I liked them as recruits. I thought they were, you know, mid American conference guys. But. You know, what I've seen from them this year and what I saw from them at the end of last year in that Cast Tech playoff run, I mean, there's no question these guys are Big Ten yeah. playmakers. Penn, and not, Penn State's both getting going to Penn State on the defensive like, side. They're not, I just don't, I, I've gone from thinking, oh, they're going to go, they're going to go this, this past summer when they committed to Penn State. I was like, oh, they'll go to Penn State and maybe they'll be able to contribute at, at some level by the time they're upper club. And I'm looking at them now and being like, they can go to Penn State and they could contribute right away. I mean, that's the type of talent these two guys are. I agree. So the question is always, and and it hurts when you got to remove guys from the competition. Um, you know, I, I and I'm just going to throw this out there. We're not making any decisions. We're just talking out loud. Um, you know, should Tyson Dave, Davis stay in the competition? I think is something that we can discuss. Uh, is um, you know, you can even. Say only because maybe of lack of competition and how how he's you know Dante Moore as much as we love him uh, and he's a sophomore he's got I don't know maybe if he if if he has played enough as as good as the other guys uh, some of the guys that that we've discussed Zach Trainer is another one I, I would mean, have said Wald that Lake Western lost this weekend I would have said that it was blasphemous I know to you would think have. that Zach Trainer know you wouldn't would be in the thick of the Mister Football know. race but. You know, you you got to go with the data that's in front of you, right? And and he could play his way back in. All right, yeah. I'm not saying that these guys are gone. So, just stay tuned. We're going to be doing another Mr. Football update coming up, and uh, of course, Scott and Matt and some of uh, Sean Belisian, uh, John Kidd, some of our guys. We're gonna, we're going to kind of work this out and figure out uh, who who should uh, go out, who should go in. Uh, definitely Woodall King, uh, and um, who else did you mention? Uh, would to be considered Ty Holtz. Ty Holtz, DeWitt. excuse me. Yeah. DeWitt. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yes. Or even Tommy McIntosh from Dewitt, who's his yeah. number one receiver. So he's he's been having a uh, unbelievable year. Yeah. So we got some thinking to do, uh, but we'll get it worked out. All right, guys. That's all the time we have for this week's State Champs Michigan's Extra Point Podcast. We really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. We will do this again next week. We'll have a lot more to get into as we get set for the playoffs here in the state of Michigan. Thank you so much for listening. For Matt, for Scott, I'm Lauren. We'll see you next time.